there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Good morning once again. And thanks for taking time to join me today uh, for a moment of Bible study once again. Uh, today, same thing as, as last time, or if you weren't, weren't with us, please uh, at any point uh, pause me if you have a question about something. Uh, if I don't, can't provide clarification on it right then, I can get back to you next week or even send you an email. Same thing too, if you have a question about something we go over and you want to be able to maybe ask me about it outside of the larger group, feel free to send me an email or set up a time that we can get together and discuss those things too. Remember, it's all about just learning. I'd be so happy that if all of us just left here today knowing even just one more thing that was just slightly more uh, knowledgeable to us about God's Word than trying to learn 50 different things this morning. We don't need to be able to cover everything all at the same time. We'll do as much as possible. But remember, uh, God's Word isn't meant to be taken in uh, fast forward. It's meant to be digested and uh, meditated upon and lived throughout our lives. So we'll go ahead and get started, and whoever comes in and join us, uh, we'll just take them in uh, as they come. Does everybody have uh, a handout? I just put them on a chair in the back back there. If you don't have one, we'll make sure we get you one. It's just a little outline for where we'll go today, but there's a couple attachments I have in there, too, for a couple different interesting little elements. With that, let's open in prayer, and then we will start our study. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today, both to be able to worship you in all of your glory and also to be able to learn from you and to be able to grow with you. And so, Lord, uh, we ask that you will please be on our hearts today uh, in our minds as you provide some new knowledge and new insight as to who you are and what you have called us to be able to do. Lord, all these things we lift in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. All right, so today we're going to look at that fifth chapter of the story. Uh, if you're already here with us in uh, service or if you're going to be with us in the next service, uh, this is basically the book of Exodus kind of split into two parts. We looked at the first part last week, and today we're kind of looking at the latter uh, half of Exodus. And it really does end right there as we move on to our next book, and we'll start that in our series. So the half point we made it to was basically Exodus 19. Uh, so if you have a Bible with you today uh, and want to follow along, or if you want to look it up on your phone, why don't you uh, get out Exodus chapter 19. We'll start there today, and we'll kind of just move through. We won't look at every single verse. Hopefully most of us have already seen it in the story Bible. And we'll see uh, kind of where this chapter starts at. Exodus 19, uh, verses 3 through 6. Anybody want to volunteer to read today? Anyone? Anyone? There we go. All right, Gaelic, just as loud as you possibly can. Uh, Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. Thank you. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. So a couple things that, that happened here in this beginning. Uh, the Lord has called Moses to Mount Sinai, and he gives them some very specific directions, but also some reminders that are there. Uh, as you can see, I just kind of listed three different little elements. Number one, you can see God's calling. God is still calling his people to be able to be this chosen priesthood, this holy nation. Uh, we remember that Moses has already been called, but he still does that through him again. He's still calling him at this time, almost as this uh, second element of being able to say, you are my, my chosen one. I love that because in our story, it isn't maybe necessarily just one time that God reached out and said, you are my child, uh, this is your identity. God continues to be able to call us over our entire life. I think sometimes people see Christianity as a, a linear element, that things happen in our lives here and here, and we kind of move on all the way to our point of death. But Christianity, or our faith, is really more cyclical. It's more uh, thinking it in terms of a circle, that God is constantly with us and constantly growing us. Even for myself, this is something that I dig into all the time. I don't know everything. I constantly am, am learning things and growing in my faith just as you are. And that is true for all people who have ever lived and ever will live. So as we think about our faith in scripture, make sure you're thinking about it in this cyclical form, that God is always there to be able to call you. Number two, God reminds his people. And I think God does this with us today too. Notice some of the things that God mentions in there. Uh, he says, uh, the Lord called him on the mountain and he says, you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. Now this isn't God making a threat to the people of, hey, remember when I drowned all of them? You guys better be good today. He's just reminding them, remember when I saved you? That's what he's reminding them. Remember when I saved you? Remember when you were trapped and you were up against it and you had nowhere to be able to go and then I showed up? You can see that clarifies as the verse continues. I bore you on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. This is what God does. He does all the work. He is the one that is pushing through all these different elements to be able to make sure the people remind, are reminded of this. And finally, he gives them this promise. He says, keep my commandments. And that's the foreshadowing of where we're going in the next chapter. He says, yeah, you need to be able to keep all of my commandments. And this is important for us to be able to remember, as I mentioned in the sermon today, that God's rules are what really matters here on this earth. It's God's way, not our way. It's God's commandments, not his suggestions to us. And we need to remember that through all of these things, when God gives his Ten Commandments and all his commands to his people at any point, he does this out of love. He does this out of caring. Just as parents in a proper disciplinary matter or setting up boundaries provide good rules for their children. They're not doing so because they don't want their kids to have fun or don't want their kids to have a joyous life. 
parents are providing those things so that their kids will be safe and actually so that they will have a better life. God does the same thing when he gives us these promises today and as we look forward to these commands, that God gives all of these things. So look at this question with me today then. How is this similar to our relationship with God today? God calls his people, he reminds us, and God promises. This was a long time ago in the history of the world. You know, a long time, centuries before Jesus was even born. But for us today, how do we have this relationship with God? What do you think? How is our relationship similar? Are there ways that God still calls us or promises us or still ways that God reminds us? Can anybody think of a time? So does God still call us today? Does God still remind us of anything today? Or does God still promise us anything today? This is what happens in the text. He he calls the people, he reminds them, and he promises them. How does God do that for us today? We want to make sure that this story is ingrained in our story. Yes. Through his word. Right. Yeah. See, this is why scripture is so important for us. I know it's a simple answer, but it's complex at the same time. It's so uh, in-depth that through God's word, he still does all of these things for us today. The words that we read in this Bible are not just from men and women of a different time period. They're from God's lips directly to our ears. These callings aren't just for Moses or for those people. It's for these people. Dottie, yes. I like that. That's still a small voice. And I bet a lot of us could probably have that resonate with us. Uh, Sometimes it's in those moments when we don't know what to do, or maybe when things are not going well in our lives, that we actually maybe take time to, to pause and to step back and actually to hand it over to God. That's the same for the people of Israel, right? When everything is going fine, when they have food, when they have water, when they have protection, everything's fine. But when they need something, they are very quick to be able to go to God. They are very expedient in crying out to him. And in those moments, God listens and God answers. And that's the same for you and I today, too, about God listening and answering to us. Yes? Boy, isn't that true, right? Uh, The brother and sisterhood that we have in Christ and the support system that's there to be able to remind us of the promises that God has given to us, there is nothing like having a faithful brother or sister at your side in a moment of tragedy. There is is not somebody to listen, somebody to, to talk with, somebody to help bear that burden. And this is part of the bond that God has given to us and we still have today. Great. All three of those were were wonderful. Perfect. All right, let's continue to to move on. The actual Ten Commandments. Let's get to them in chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 1. God says, uh, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Um, when he says all these words there in uh, verse 1, I wrote it down for you there. The Hebrew word 
four words there is debar. And that simply means uh, talking about different commands, but also different promises that are there. If you take time to go through the Ten Commandments uh, that we heard the kids sing about this morning, uh, the thou shall nots, there's actually only one area where it talks about the word commandment to be able to follow that. And we've taken that now today, and we still use that terminology. And don't get me wrong, these are commandments that God has given to us. But at the exact same time, these are his words that are spoken unto us. Uh, it's not just a command uh, to be this law to hold us down, but it's something that's gifted to us in his love, his word spoken unto us. Remember that when we talk about the commandments. Sometimes in the church we talk about law and gospel, and people will see the gospel of Jesus' forgiveness or mercy, that that is his love. But the law is really God's love too. It's the other side of that heart. And we need to be able to know that, that God's words all the time are not just for us to be lifted up in his love of Jesus or mercy or forgiveness, but also his love of his law. As I said, he wants to keep us kind of on the straight and narrow and do things that are good for us. Also there in that verse 2, you can see that it's, uh, it's an individual thing. This is for all people, but God really says when he makes these commandments that these are for you. These are, these are for you. It's a bond that God has individually with each and every one of us. The Ten Commandments, again, yes, they are for all, but it really is this covenant that he makes with us one-on-one. -on -one. This is one of the reasons when you come up for communion, uh, Pastor Mark or myself or somebody else that's uh, assisting us that day will say, this is the, the body of Christ for you. This is the, the blood of Christ shed for you. We are all gathering together corporately. It is a gift for all, but this is a special bond that God has just with you, one on one. Nobody else in that moment. It's this covenant that he is making with his people here, and it's a covenant that he makes with us today, being able to follow through on this. All right, number three there, it says these words provide both, uh, the, both law and the commands of love. Uh, that's just real quick, a reminder of what I was saying there in verse six, uh, where it says, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Just a reminder there that all of these are made out of love. Number four, the commands are not only an Old Testament teaching. We will hear this more and more uh, as our society probably progresses on and matures. That scripture or that uh, the commandments themselves, those were, those were Old Testament teachings. Those are something that were for people during that time. They're not for us today. But that is, that is not the, the truth. Uh, let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 17 uh, briefly. And also, uh, you can see I have that attachment. We're going to read Matthew first. Um, can I have a volunteer to read that verse real quick for us this morning? Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. It's one verse. Come on, somebody can do it. One verse. Steph, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. So these are the words of Jesus that he is speaking to the people. I have not come to abolish or get rid of the commandments. I have come to fulfill them. 
I have come that you will be free from them at some point. He has not come to destroy them or to put them away. So these are Christ's direct words that saying uh, these are how important these commandments are. So that's the attachment that I gave to you there. Again, we won't go through uh, every one of these for the sake of time. But listed on one side are the Ten Commandments, and listed on the other side are scripture passages in which Christ directly uh, replies or responds or supports each and every one of these commandments. So again, you'll hear people sometimes talk about how this isn't something important to us today, but it really is. And from Christ's words himself, I've come not to abolish this or to get rid of this, but to be able to fulfill that. So if you have a minute uh, today, feel free to look through some of these different elements and see these different scripture passages that really uh, support how important these commandments still are in the New Testament times and for us uh, today. All right, uh, moving on. I want to make sure I hit a couple of these things briefly. Uh, the book of the covenant. This is where we move into next. This piece can be a little confusing at times. Because God delivers the Ten Commandments, and all of a sudden, there's this book of the covenant. What is that? Like, is that a, where is that, is that a whole different Bible? Like, what, what is being offered here? The Ten Commandments are the overarching major rules and promises that God gives to his people. But along with that, he gives them other rules. Think about it being like other laws that we have in our society today. Uh, other smaller laws. He addresses many different things. And you can go through there in those three chapters and see all the different elements that God addresses. So I made just a couple of notes uh, here on your outline today so you can see exactly what the Book of the Covenant is. Uh, it's further instruction from God uh, aside from the Ten Commandments. They're more detailed. It really breaks down very specific things for the people. Some of it's regarding cleanliness, some of it's regarding worship, all different elements. Number three there, it's to address the immediate concerns and needs of the people. So that the things that they were going through right then and right there for them to be able to have an answer on and direction from God. And finally, the fourth one there, many of these laws were ceremonial and do not pertain to other nations or to us today. So this is a little bit different than the Ten Commandments. And if you read these laws, you will see why they don't pertain to us today. It, it's, it's not the same thing. Uh, the commandments do, these do not. These are, these are for this particular group of people at this particular point of time. Just like uh, automobile laws would have no bearing on the people of Exodus because they wouldn't even know what a car is. Think about it in the same way. There are things that don't exist at the same time. Whereas, thou shall not murder, life exists both places. Thou shall not commit adultery, wives and husbands in their relationship exist in both time periods. Thou shall not steal. We still have possessions and items to be able to steal, to be able to, to covet. So the book of the covenant really is just more directions given to that group of people. And not even to other people living during that time. This was for God's people. This was his chosen people that they received these laws. Yes? So do the Jews today still follow these covenants, like the cleanliness rules? Maybe a couple of, of these, but not most of them, no. Yeah, yeah it would be different elements. 
yeah, some of them maybe traditionally for different things. Like I said, just even take a moment this week and read through a few of them, and you'll be like, okay, that makes, makes complete uh, sense of why that doesn't pertain to us. All right, next one. Jesus summarized the commandments for us today. Uh, Matthew 22, uh, verses 36 through 40. And I'll just flip to that. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Everybody knows this story. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Uh, you remember this point? Jesus is, is tested in some way, but he gives us a great summary of all of the commandments. And if you wanted to break it down even further, you could probably break it down into four words. He says, love God and love people. Love God and love people. It's that simple, but that complex at the exact same time. If we just did those two things, our lives would be very different. The lives of everybody around us would be very different. If we we're always doing first, loving God in everything that we do, and then number two, if we were always loving people in everything that we do, putting the needs of others first, things would be very, very different. And so Jesus says, let me summarize it for you. All of these things. If you love people first, you're not stealing from others. If you love people first, you're not committing murder when we have hatred in our hearts. Number two, if you are loving God first and foremost above everything, you will honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. If you love God first and foremost above everything, you will not have other idols. You will be able to follow him in his commandments. And so Jesus says it's all summarized in this little bit, but we all know how complicated that is at the exact time, too, for us to be able to follow. As the people move on, God gives them some more direction. He says, I want you to build a place for me to live with you, a place for me to dwell. And this is where the tabernacle gets uh, engaged. So if you want to look at that little map that I kind of provided for you, I know some of you might have football on your mind today, so for anybody with football in their mind, there's a little uh, comparison of how big the temple or tabernacle area is compared to a football field. So you can think about that today when you're watching your game. It's basically 25% size of a football field, if you want to think about that really, really roughly. But these are the, uh, all the different areas that were set up inside of this portable worship area. The tabernacle was just that. It was something the people were to be able to take from place to place whenever God told them to move and to be able to set it up and to be able to have a place for worship. Now remember, this is before Christ has come physically to put his body upon the cross and rise from the dead. And so sacrifice is still a huge thing in the life of the, the people. Uh, they come into here to be able to offer sacrifices uh, you can see all those different little altars that are there. And also the priests go to that next area, that Holy of Holies, 
to be able to offer a very special sacrifice during a certain point of the year for all of the people. And all of these elements, again, were designed by God. The people didn't create these things themselves. He said, this is exactly how I want this set up. And the people set it up this way. And it's to be able to show the respect that God desires, but also to show the sacrifice that God needs for their sin. Now remember, all of these people that are making these sacrifices, they're all looking forward to this Savior that is yet to come. This has been the story since uh, the beginning of Genesis, when God says in Genesis 3.15 that he is going to send someone to crush the head of the serpent. And that wasn't the priest, it wasn't Moses, it wasn't these prophets. That person is Jesus. But we have this uh, benefit of being able to look back and to be able to see all of these things. So if you have some time again this week and uh, have any questions about these, let me know. Uh, if you want to look just briefly, that number one, that Holy of Holies, that was that very back area that was separated by a veil where only like the high priest would be able to go to offer uh, different sacrifices. Uh, this is an area that the people never went to. They were on the outside, still in that courtyard area to be able to come and to be able to worship. Um, number seven there, it says that table of showbread. Uh, they used to take 12 uh, loaves of bread to represent the 12 different tribes of Israel, and they would put them there on the Sabbath or at the beginning of the week, and it was part of like an offering. Uh, funny enough, that's how the priests were basically paid, if you will, or were able to eat. They would eat the bread then after it went on. So if you ever want to leave Pastor Mark and I, 12 loaves up in front, more than happy. By the way, we are having a bread-making class coming up soon. There's a mom in our preschool that makes bread, and it is fantastic. It is really, really good. So feel free to jump in on that. But let me know this week if you have any questions about this. Pretty simplistic. I just wanted you to kind of see a map of uh, what the tabernacle actually uh, looks like there and the things that are a part of it, kind of the three different areas. But even after all of this, the story's still the same. Uh, just as our faith is cyclical, the lives of these people seem to be cyclical too. That God calls and he promises and he delivers and they, they fade away every time. They still go into sin. Uh, they still, they still fall, fall away. And so God gives them uh, these ten commandments to be able to follow. Uh, but as we heard uh, in our message for today, it's something in which uh, they, are, they are broken. And I like that concept of them being physically broken because you see that covenant. It's kind of fractured there for this moment. But God comes back to it. Uh, real quick, just a clip I wanted to show you this morning. Hopefully this, this works. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the movie The Ten Commandments. Super good, by the way. Uh, that'd be a great movie to watch right now with Charlton Heston, just to get a little review of it. Such a good movie. I don't know if you've ever seen this one, though. There was, a, there was another make of uh, The Ten Commandments fit into uh, a movie, and it kind of has a, a humorous scene, and so I thought I could show that for us today. Moses went to the mountain, and God spoke unto him. Moses, this is the Lord thy God commanding you to obey my law. Do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, I hear you. A deaf man could hear you. What? 
Nothing. Uh, garnished. Uh, forget it. Oh, Lord! Why have you chosen me? What would you have me do for you? I shall give you my laws, and you shall take them unto the people. Yes, Lord! Lord, I shall give these laws unto thy people. Hear me! Oh, hear me! All pay heed! The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, has given unto you these fifteen... Ten! Ten commandments for all to obey! But isn't that so true, right? That God gives us these laws, and then we just decide, well, God, we're going we're gonna to change this a little bit today. We're going to make this fit our narrative. I might have messed that up, so how can I make this more intertwined with my life today? And sometimes we will, we will miss that. But uh, that's not what the commandments are for. Remember, God's commandments are for each and every one of us to be able to be given. And even though the people of Israel break these commandments, and we today still break these commandments, God is always faithful. And that is the key to chapter 5. It's not just the new commandments that the people receive, it's the new covenant. So let's look at Exodus chapter uh, 34, verse 10. All right, Exodus 34, verse 10, the covenant renewed. And he said, Behold, I am making a covenant before all your people, I will do marvels such as have not been created in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people among whom you shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. God's covenant is specifically for all of us. God, that even though we break things, his commandments, and try to live a life that is contrary to his word, He's always coming after us. Again, you and I have such a wonderful benefit of being able to look back and see that God sends his only son for each of us as we still are here today to break these commandments. That we don't have to go into the holy of holies anymore to be able to make that sacrifice. That when Christ died, that temple curtain, remember, is torn in two. God didn't do that because he thought that was something neat to be able to do. It was a, a message for all of his people that we now have direct access to the Lord. I don't have to pray just on your behalf and go to God and you cannot. Uh, I don't have to make a sacrifice on your behalf or you make a sacrifice on your own behalf. God does all these things for us through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And as we close today in prayer, I thought I could read actually uh, a prayer from the catechism. This is in the Ten Commandments area. Uh, if you haven't gone through the catechism in a little while, that would also be a neat thing to be able to look at. Uh, for in each of the Ten Commandments, it's not only what we should not do, it's also listed the things that we should do, which often are equally, I shouldn't say often, which are as equally as important of uh, being able to take care of our neighbor, of being able to, to love God. But after each commandment is also a prayer. And so today uh, we'll focus on the first commandment, uh, being able to uh, have God is number one in our lives. 
and I will read that prayer as we close out. Please pray with me. Lord God, author and source of all that is good, give us wisdom to fear your wrath, strength to love you above all things, and faith to trust in your promises alone, that by your grace we may serve you in all our days and finally come to inherit your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today. As I mentioned, let me know if you have any uh, questions or comments. Uh, and I uh, hope to see you here next week.